0: hey guys welcome back to another episode of lows to highs going inwards and growing up i am so so excited for today's episode there is so much great wisdom and thoughts that andy and i talk about and share and i'm really really excited to bring this episode to you guys i have a feeling it's going to resonate with a lot of you or it's going to just leave you feeling really really inspired to continue on your journey of life while also living a more balanced one and i hope this empowers you to continue showing up as your higher self to attract whatever it is you want to attract or feel whatever it is you want to feel or let go of whatever you want to let go of this episode was really, really powerful. And when I was editing this show or this episode, I was feeling re-inspired, even though I'm the one who spoke with Andy. But essentially, to give you a background of her, Andy is the founder of WeWe, which is a platform dedicated to new school approaches to radiant living. She serves as a soul strategist, working with companies like Google and Pinterest and other companies um, and conscious brands who are interested in fusing soul and spirit into their work or their business. She is the founder and creative director of the clean beauty brand Casa Noon, which is coming this summer, which is really exciting. She also hosts the top-ranked wellness podcast, Your Woo Woo Best Friend, which um, she interviewed me for her show, so check that out once it is live. And she also published a book called Elemental Nature-Inspired Rituals to Nourish Your Life, which is available wherever you get your books. So... In today's episode, we really talk the full gamut. We share some everyday rituals and practices for becoming your most vibrant and thriving self. She explains the five different elements, fire, earth, water, air, and ether, and the energy each element holds and how to incorporate a balance of each into our daily wellness practices, which is essentially the, the root of her book, Elemental. We also talk in a lot of detail actually around practical ways to manifest and the different strategies to become more magnetic and this part of the episode which is more towards the end is really my favorite part of the conversation because I think it's relatable to everyone. Um, and also not just manifesting, but also celebrating ourselves when we do manifest and what is hindering us from healing certain parts of ourselves or manifesting something that we are seeking. So there is a lot of great wisdom. And without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Doing good. I mean, we've good. been chatting for already an hour, <laughs> so we're not going to pretend that we just got on the phone together. Um, but I'm so excited to have you on. We've we've connected over Instagram for a very long time now, and we just recorded an episode where Andy here interviewed me for her podcast. Um, so I'll link that in the description box as well. But we just had such a profound conversation and i'm so excited to dive into all the work that you're doing so let's start with the book um elemental i would love for you to describe what it's about and i have so many questions for you because it is truly a work of art and it is so beautifully constructed and i think anyone who is trying to live a more fulfilled nourished balanced life can benefit from it but i would love for you to share share what it's about, and also how it came to be. I know it was a three-year process. So
1: let's (laughs) maybe go back to the beginning as well. Sure. Yeah, it was definitely a three-year process. And it's truly, just as you shared with me about your book, it was very much a book for myself first. It It was not even intended to ever be a book. It was really practices for myself. It was the studies that I was really interested in, the things I was pursuing. So what it is, it's a it's a wellness oriented book. It's for people interested in disconnecting from the speed of the world, from digital and just the just the the impact of the energetics of the world and the intention is the book will give you ideas of ways to reconnect to the natural world and then in turn yourself to create better health and inner peace, which is very much what your book is about. It's about creating this feeling of stillness and beauty and and inner peace. And mine is is prescriptive. There are rituals, there are recipes, there are exercises, there are practices throughout each chapter. The chapters are broken down by the elements. So fire, water, earth, air, uh, ether. So that flow gives you an opportunity to kind of like tap into what you need in the moment and then find practices, rituals, routines, recipes that may resonate for you at wherever place you may be in the moment. And when I started working on the idea for the book, as you mentioned, it was a three-year process. I've worked with the same literary agent since 2015 when my last book came out which was 2017 she was my literary agent then that book is called wonderful it's a a travel guide for women interested in artistic off the beaten path type of travel and i worked with the same editor who was at a different publishing house then so 3 years ago we started having this conversation about what i was really into in the moment and this was like end of 2019, early 2020. And then of course, as things were shifting in 2020 in like such a massive way, the two of them came to me and said, what are, what are you doing during this time? And I said, this is the most important thing to me is tuning back into myself through the one thing that I feel like we all have right now, or most of us have right now is Our natural environment Mm. when nothing else is available when we're like literally like shut in the house like how can we still connect to nature so that's how the book was really born in that moment there was a lot of other ideas that we had been kind of spinning through and then it really landed on on that so i feel like the conversation is really relevant now just as it was in 2020 ancient humans had such an intimate connection to nature and we have truly lost that as as human beings and i think it's um it's a really important thing to be in consideration of is to tap more deeply into self a way we can do that is by the art of ritual and connecting to our natural surroundings i had no
0: idea that this bur- book was really inspired during like the peak of covid which yeah. it now makes so much sense and i feel like for me at least i started to really really enjoy my time in nature. And Mm -hmm. COVID was the first time I actually appreciated living in the suburban town that I grew up in. I was like, thank God I'm next to trees and have a backyard and can go Mm -hmm. on a walk. And now that we're out of COVID, I feel like a lot of us forgot what that felt like, like how much joy we had, despite the pain that was, you know, the whole world was experiencing, we were able to find joy in things that we've forgotten about. And I feel like, unfortunately, we're kind of back to where we started pre-COVID of on that hustle culture and rushing to the next thing and social media and AI and all these, you know, new technologies. And I feel like I've been yearning to get back to the basics, not just, physically too like in nature but also in the way that i eat in the way that i communicate all the different things so i'm ha- i i love that your book is a reminder of that and can really help people get back into like what we as humans were really kind of born to to live and be like you mentioned the four the sorry the five elements which mm-hmm. were fire earth water air and ether i would love for you to briefly describe the energy behind each one thing that I really appreciated in your book was you had this little quiz for us to figure out like where we land within those and then kind of fast forward to that chapter based on where you are. And when I did the quiz, I was kind of equal across the different elements, so which was really interesting. And I took what I needed from each chapter, but I also really appreciated how you wrote in the book you know depending on the season of life you're in or even just depending on the day like where you might be could look so different than what it was a week ago so i would love for you to explain you know the five different elements but also what what are those changes that we constantly experience that leads us to gravitate or be in a certain element at different points in our lives
1: yeah the energy of each element is really interesting and sometimes people people will say or think, okay, well, I'm a um, I'm a Leo sun, and I have an Aries moon, and so like I have all this fire energy, and that could very likely be true, and that is one way that we talk about the elements in the book is through the lens of astrology. We also talk about the elements through the lens of Ayurveda. And then there's also just the seasons and the climate that you're living in. If you're living in a forest versus a desert, you're going to, and, and, you know, just naturally innately, you're going to have a different energetic makeup in regards to the elements. And so when I was thinking about how I wanted to include that elemental energy, what I recommend in the book is to be in consideration of all of that and the quiz is intended to help you to gain some insight into your natural elemental constitution, what your body has to say, what your emotional and spiritual state of being has to say. It's all in constant flux. So mm-hmm. even once you've discovered your elemental makeup through the quiz, for example, it may change based on the cosmic shifts. It may change by your location if you're you know, traveling, if you're eating differently, there's all sorts of ways that it could, it could change over time. And so when someone's tapping into the book, my recommendation is really see what resonates for you in that moment that you're tapping in at that moment, because what may resonate with you today, a ritual that might be really great for you right now might shift and something else might be better for you, you know, tomorrow or a week Mm -hmm. from today. So, When we talk about the elements, so fire energy is dynamic, it's passionate, it's heartfelt, it's also angry and restless. So, notice if you have those types of emotions. And when you're tuning into the book, you may decide, okay, I'm feeling restless or I'm feeling a little bit of frustration or anger. So, I'm going to actually choose rituals that are the opposite of fire. Maybe I need to get some air or maybe I need to, um, extinguish the fire with some water practices and and because I want to reduce that fire feeling in my body or you may feel like I want to turn that passion up creativity is really a fire energy I want to inspire some of that feeling in my body and so you may choose to do some of the fire practices to support that so that's fire earth is material it's rooted it's sensual earth is connected to the planet Venus as well so when you think about the goddess Venus it's a very earthly goddess water is mysterious and sensitive and emotional and devoted air energy is conceptual and cerebral and mercurial and communicative so thinking about those the way thought moves through your body the way um the way you, the way you, you speak with others, all of that is very much connected to that particular element. Ether is really interesting because it doesn't really, it's like the absence of everything. Mm. So when you consider ether, you're really thinking about space, ether could you could call you could call ether also the cosmos or space so it's really the absence it's like where there's where there's light and fire in ether it's the opposite it's the darkness so the practices in regards to ether are really about tuning into that more cosmic energy the nothingness the um vastness of the universe and so um when you're thinking about like the energies of ether, it's more of that kind of like what's out there and what's not there at the mm-hmm. same time.
0: Thank you. That's a great description. That's Because I feel like we all have heard of fire, earth, and water signs and this and that with astrology, but ether is one that sure. isn't really talked about. So that that's a great visual perception of what that entails. I think what's really beautiful is that this book – is all about finding that equilibrium and balance. Even like, as you mentioned with the fire sign, it's like, if that's what's kind of showing up in yours, what are the water or the air um, practices or rituals that can balance you out? I would love to hear your perspective on what are in our current age, a lot of us are feeling imbalanced, whether that's in our bodies, whether that's in the experiences that we're having, whether it's in our thoughts. What do you feel like is the root of that? And do we, do you think that that's something that we're kind of all putting on ourselves or is that like a societal thing that's, we're all kind of absorbing, which throws us out of whack and how are these rituals or practices helping us reclaim that balance and kind of feel wholesome again?
1: Yeah, it's, it's really so true. I mean, our daily news feeds are bombarding us with reasons to freak out Mm -hmm. at any given hour of the day. It's truly, you know, when you say this is an age of anxiety, everybody can resonate with that. Everybody can can, can think about something that's happened in their day-to-day that has made them feel unsettled, un- imbalanced. And so committing time to truly disconnecting from the world's speed to reconnect to oneself, to start to cultivate that sense of balance is without a doubt so needed. And it can be really challenging. If you talk to experts and coaches and healers, everyone's saying, okay, you got to like find some balance, you got to like figure out what that is. And there's a couple of ways that are typically recommended. It's like, okay, you can look inward through mindfulness practices, meditation, journaling, um, breath work, or you can get more outward. And that would be creative expression, Going out and taking a walk in nature, just tuning into the vibrancy of the world outside of that digital speed. And my intention with the book is to help people figure out which of those things is going to support them and and creating more balance from moment to moment in their day. And so, what you won't find in the book is like, a daily routine that's like you gotta get up at 5 a.m. and you've got to like do these practices, and then you go to work, and then at lunchtime you do these practices. Because the reality is most of us don't don't have that space. We're we're doing a lot. We're doing more than any other human beings have ever done on the planet at any time. <laughs> yeah. And so it's my my thought process was okay, what are the things that really shift our brain chemistry? What are the things that create New ways of just tuning in. So, like when you think about why people will go and sit and watch a sunset or a sunrise, and like when you watch people do that, everyone's energy is collectively shifted in that moment. There's just this incredible thing that happens, and rarely are you going to walk away from that experience not feeling a bit better inside. So I really wanted to consider that, like, what does that do for us or why people maybe will go take a walk through a field of flowers and just emotionally, they their state of being shifts. I mean, right now in the state of California, the flowers, the super bloom has been on the news like globally because the flowers are so beautiful. And it's like, people just want to be outside and be in the flowers. Like that is a really like special thing that we get to do as human beings is like, go be witness to that. So I think like no matter who you are, no matter what your economic situation is, nature is one of those tools that can help you to find at least a bit of recentering likely better than anything else and at a in a way that's like incredibly accessible. So that's to me what was really important is to help people find a bit of nourishment holistically and wholly through that natural synergy. I like how you mentioned the accessibility of it, because
0: I feel like in today's wellness world, there are so many things that we could all be doing. I mean, the different lymphatic massages, the colonics, the this, the that, and it's all rooted in spending so much money to quote feel good. And, you know, That is intimidating because there are people who get to use those practices, and I know that a lot of them do provide all of these benefits, but what I love about your book and what you're explaining right now is like strip away everything and just go back to the basic, and I think a lot of what I actually struggled with this in my past was By me trying to find balance I started to do a million different things like wake up at 5am go to the gym come home write in my journal meditate this that where I was actually cluttering my life with too much where I was actually making myself even more stressed and imbalanced because I was like I need to to do all of it so I like how you mentioned like go back to what nature has natu- like has provided us and it is accessible to anyone anywhere in whatever financial situation at whatever age wherever you are um we all have access to it and i think we kind of forget that sometimes
1: yeah it's really true and the more that wellness is is Monetized, the more we're going to see that sort of thing happening. And I'm certainly not immune to it. I love trying all the things, you know. Yeah, I'm like okay, let me so. go to the infrared sauna. Yeah. Let me like get this newest tool and see how it works. I'm very much like interested in that. And I also know that sometimes, especially as women who are ambitious, we our routines can then become something that we start punishing ourselves about. And it's like, if we didn't get up at 5am and like go to our Pilates class and do our hour meditation and write in our journal for 30 minutes and like have our, our green juice and our glasses of water with all of our supplements and do all of that before seven 30, when we like have our first meeting of the day, then we are really hard on ourselves. And we're like, Oh, you're, you're not up to like the level that you need to be. And like, the intention in all of that ultimately, probably for most of us is we're doing it because we want to feel well. We want to be healthy. But like, if you're creating a storyline that you're inevitably like punishing yourself or creating a lot of judgment around self because of what you have or haven't accomplished in your wellness routine, that certainly is not a way to a more radiant life. So you'll see in the book that for those that are listening, you'll see it's really down to earth practices. There are things like, um, like Gua Sha, there are things like going and sitting in a sauna. Definitely. I'm recommending doing those things if you have access to those things, but there's also things like go sit in the sunshine outside for 20 minutes and just like, be, be there, go put Mm -hmm. your feet in the grass and just be there, mix up some really delicious body masks from things you have in your pantry rather than, you know, spending $500 on something that's like the clean beauty cult favorite of the moment. So yeah. the intention is that you get the recommendations for all of those options, but it's really about being very gentle with yourself and how you're approaching the practice of ritual.
0: I love that word gentle with yourself. And that actually makes me want to switch gears a little bit. You had a graphic on your Instagram post regarding manifestation and it was a visual of a venn diagram and on the left side was um i think it was mystical mindset and it mm-hmm. had a few different verbiage underneath that and then the on the right hand side was the physical was no sorry the practical strategy yeah um and i would so i and in between that the overlap was where we manifest mm-hmm. so i would love for you to explain your thoughts on the different layers of manifesting and how we can tap into both that mystical mindset and the practical strategies to really manifest whatever it is that we're seeking. Because I feel like a lot of people know so much about manifesting, but they still struggle to bring it into their reality. So love to for you to share your perspective on that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've spent a lot of years working on my own approach to manifestation. I have definitely been a teacher of manifestation, and it's it's interesting to see it become like really really hot over the last couple of years and kind of like almost a buzzword. Mm-hmm. What I find to be true is that manifestation is a combination of thoughts, feelings, um, and action. That that practical strategy piece. So it's like, what do I what do I believe to be true? What are what are my thoughts? What are my thought? What's my thought process on the daily? and we're all human beings so we're never going to all be in some like high vibrational thought process. Mm-hmm. So when you hear people say like in order to manifest you got to be like very high high vibrational, I don't believe that to be true. I think I think moving into a higher vibrational state of being, state of emotion, which is emotions like joy, compassion, love, that is a great way to fast track your manifestation process but it's also what happens when you are feeling that way you're also likely to be taking more action towards what you're calling in if you're feeling bad if you're feeling sad if you're feeling frustrated if you're feeling angry those are lower vibrational emotional frequencies but you're also less likely to be taking action because you feel bad so mm-hmm. there's this like idea that oh well if you're in a high vibrational state of being you're going to manifest more sure thing. And you're also going to take action to create the dream scenario for yourself in a quicker way. So I think all of that is important to be in consideration of. So when I think about the mystical mindset, I think about what does your intuition have to say? Are you are you really tuned into your intuition? Are you thinking from an intuitive place? Are you connecting to that heart wisdom? Or is your ego running the show? So really being in consideration of, of that, of how how you're listening to self and listening to that intuitive voice, um, the energetic. So that vibrational frequency, there are things we can do to get into a higher vibrational frequency more often. And for some of us that may be taking a walk in nature for some of us, it's meditation for some of it. It's like listening to music and like having a dance party in your kitchen while you're making breakfast. That is like one of my favorite ways to get like (laughs) energetically in a high vibe sort of space to start my day. Um, really holding holding a vision that is that you're reflecting on often is a bit of a mystical mindset. So that's like doing those exercises in which you're doing that time traveling future projection of who you want who you want to become, who you are going to be. And then the practical strategy stuff then becomes How are you connecting to expansive people that can either become mentors to you, and if you don't know them personally, can open doors of what you believe to be possible so that there's practical strategy in that. Um, Your daily rituals, your daily practices, and how that influences ultimately what you're willing to do, the the paths you're willing to take. That's all a practical strategy piece too. Um doing reality checks. Where am I today? Is the things that I'm up to, is this stuff lighting me up? Or is it, am I just doing, am I just like kind of moving through my days without a lot of like connection into what's really going on with me? And if I were to really think about what I want for my life, is this it? And if it isn't, am I like making some plans to do some things that day by day will get me to a, a a new a new path, whatever that path may be. It doesn't necessarily have to be a better path, but a path that takes me closer to the dreams that I have. So I think all of that is important to be in consideration of. And manifestation is certainly not like go, you know, make a vision board and then like <laughs> sit back and eat bonbons and watch Netflix and like, you're good to go. It's that that vision board process is great. And it isn't practical strategy piece that can help to remind you of what it is that you're ultimately creating. Um, But I think you got to do all of that work. And, you know, there's some, there's some like really tough parts of it too. And that's like working through the belief systems that were ingrained in us as as children. And, and we have to start to be able to even identify those first. Like what do we believe to be possible in our life? Much of that is established before we even have like the, the, the time to know that this is this is the storyline that has been now ingrained in us we're like too young to even know that that's happening so then as we get older we have to be able to go back and dissect all of that to start even making those those shifts to begin with so i think manifestation really falls amongst all of that and we are ultimately all manifesting at all times mm-hmm. it's just a matter of what it is that we're what we're creating and and what we're cultivating in our lives I really want to go
0: dig deeper on the belief system because when I think back to my own life and my listeners will get this because I've been talking about it quite frequently as of late, um, my endometriosis journey, I just had surgery, I've suffered from illness since I was like 11 years old and through meditation, and this is how I unlock this be- this belief was I realized how I have no fear over anything in my life. I like in terms of manifesting, I manifested the home I live in, I manifested the career that I have, I manifested my passion and my purpose and my book, the friendships, et cetera. I've manifested all those different categories and topics because intuitively I was so confident that I could mm-hmm. do that and that I had the power. When it comes to Healing my chronic illness, I realized I actually have so much fear around not mm-hmm. being able to manifest. And I understand where that comes from. It's like when you when you've been through something for so long, especially in those transformative years of your early teens to teenage, early twenties to my mid-20s, it's so that's all you know, right? Yeah. And- and especially all those years, I was so unaware that what I was actually feeling was fear. And now I was able to pinpoint it literally a week ago. Um, and I'm sure that people who are listening, they have something in their life, whether that's worthiness or self-love or relationships or career, not feeling good enough to get the job that they want or have the career that they want because of all of those that those limiting beliefs that have been with them for so long that it's so hard to detach from. So yeah. I would love to hear your, where. how do we really dissect those limiting be- beliefs and pinpoint what they really are? And how do we start to shift our belief system so that we are more receptive to to being in that higher vibrational frequency that then allows us to take action and then ultimately attract
1: whatever it is that we're seeking oh yeah it's it's so there's so much to it right it's like we are we're we're human beings living in very human experiences and the stuff that goes on the stuff that happens is very real and so when we're experiencing something like a chronic illness when we're experiencing something like, we're not able to get the job that we want. When all of that is going on, the story, our stories continue to just be reinforced of this is what I am inevitably going to live with. And sometimes we have no ability. We truly cannot change that. That is like the the experience that we are going to live with. Now, can we? can we manifest it away? I don't believe that we can. I think we can certainly shift our mindset to adjust the experience around that thing that we're we're living with whatever it might be and then start to to really connect to a different timeline and a different way of experiencing life there's this concept that I I really like it's 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 the concept of rackets so it's like what rackets are you running in your life that inevitably are serving you in some way. And so rather than releasing that thing, whatever that racket is, you hold on to it because there is some way in which you feel like it's serving you. So like an example of a racket would be that you run a racket that you're never wrong. So then you have this racket, I'm never wrong, and then when something happens like you say, well, nobody's hiring and I can't I can't get my dream job. The racket of I'm never wrong, you've just proven to yourself that in fact, nobody's hiring, I can't get the dream job. So I'm right. So I'm Mm -hmm. like reinforcing this belief system of I'm never wrong. And so we start to like have this really subconscious reward system that goes on that says, well, the one thing you do have is that you're never wrong. And you start to reward yourself for like, never being wrong. And so when you want to start, to be proven wrong by yourself, you're not willing to like really step out of that place of that belief because you kind of know that you got to stay there to continue to like have this never being wrong mindset reinforced. And it's typically really hard to identify what those rackets are. And those are the typical, like they're typically around things like that. Like never being wrong is, is one, um, you know, another one might be that you, you're never, um, you're never seen like you, people don't Mm -hmm. see you and you want to be seen, but people don't see you. You're never seen. So it's typically those things that are like a, you're never thing. So when we're thinking about those big things that we want to change in our life because we're running these like very subconscious storylines that we have believed for probably all of our lives. If we don't do the work on those storylines, we can't begin to shift our reality. And there will be things like in your health or in your financial reality that you may not be able to change. Like, I am certainly not someone who will sit here and say that like, if you live in an impoverished community, you can manifest your way out of that. That's just like systemic shit that we have to like address as a, as a culture and as, as community members. And we shouldn't expect those people to be able to manifest their way out of something like that. Can they do something really profound despite? Absolutely. And that happens. And we see people do that. Um, do we see people with like incredible stories that have illness that they they inevitably live with their entire lives absolutely so i think there's there's a lot of like balance there of like what you can what you can shift in your belief system in order to create a better story for yourself a a more aligned life for yourself, getting closer to the dreams that you have? And what's just the realities of being human? I think that's all you have to consider all of that. Yeah. I want to double click
0: into the storylines because they're in all of our lives, whether it's something that happened traumatically or it's just the way we were raised or grew up, an event happens, which Mm -hmm. is a one-time event. And then we carry the story or the narrative with us for the rest of our life. Yeah. And that story and that narrative is what affects our belief, belief system. It affects how we see ourselves, how we love ourselves or lack thereof. It's how we we do or don't set up boundaries with people or the way we live, really. And so what I, I've been recently reading um, – the book the body keeps score and it just talks all about trauma and how we hold that in all types of trauma whether it's like yeah. you know an event like rape or ptsd from being at war or chronic illness and how our body really does hold all of those emotions and those feelings in and it's only until we really release release that that we experience the healing and so through the book i'm realizing you know the narrative that we tell ourselves on the daily is what is either reinforcing what we believe about our life and who we are and and what the future of our life will be or we can look at what has happened to us in the past see it as an event and shift how we talk about it or what the narrative behind that is so i would love to to know you know how do we How do we shift that storyline in a way that is accurate? Like we're not, I'm not going to say like my chronic illness was actually fine all those years and it doesn't exist. And it was in my head. Obviously that's not true, but how can we shift the story or the narrative so that it really does serve us so that we can detach and let go and then move on to the next chapter of our lives?
1: Yeah, that's such a, there's, there's so much that we can consider around that and when you and I were talking before for my podcast you had mentioned to me that there have been so many gifts that you've received mm-hmm. because of your chronic illness that it's been a theme in your life and the journey that you've had of self discovery of stillness of yeah. um of cr- creativity of the expression of art so much of that has come from that experience and certainly in my life there has been so many things that I would I would say are similar. I I was having a conversation with a a woman who was actually on my podcast last year. She's an intuitive, and I was asking her this question about intense trauma. There was a a experience that I was sharing with her from like my early twenties, and I was telling her I was like I kind of now struggle to remember it, mm. and. I was asking her the question I was like am I like just is it like am I like holding it so deeply in my body that like I can't even like my body's not allowing me to remember it because I there were times when I remembered it and now I've I've more recently I I when I was having this conversation with her I told her that I had actually called a girlfriend and I was like this happened right because like it's starting to like wow. really not it's starting to like really leave me in that way and she was telling me she said she said, this is kind of one of those like moments where you have likely done the work over the 20 years since that time to process that in such a way that in a more like quantum sort of storyline, you've just moved off of that timeline completely. Mm. And so the trauma was likely very much stored within you for a long time. And a lot of the things that happened in your life after that manifested, Because of that stored trauma, just like the body keeps the score says, and as I did lots of different types of deep work to move through that trauma, I no longer have to hold it, and to a point where I really don't even, you know, can't even really remember how it went down, you know, like which is a really weird thing to consider. But what I've noticed is I have zero trigger around it anymore, like there's there's no trigger left and so what that tells me is that i did all the work that i needed to do to move that out of my body to move it out of my consciousness and because i now if i like am in a conversation in which i'm talking about that thing there's no trigger left i the story has shifted like my story has shifted and i'm no longer i'm no longer living my life with that as a part of my storyline, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's so interesting because you articulated something that I've
0: been thinking about as of late, but I really wasn't able to describe what I was realizing. And it's this, I explained in the episode that we recorded for your show, how writing my book healed so many parts of myself, specifically around this feeling of loneliness that I carried with me throughout my early 20s and even my mid-20s. Um, this feeling of not being understood and, and being seen, which is something you mentioned before, and then not having any a lot of self-love. And it's so interesting because now that I think about it, I healed all of those parts of myself. And if you ask me, what was the day that you felt that i couldn't tell you and if yeah. if i think back to all the moments where i did feel like that that loneliness or that self-love i think back i'm like that was the state of being i was in at the time like from my perspective now like life sounded a little good but i guess it was just where i was mentally mm-hmm. and i think what's really profound about that is like and this is something you just mentioned where you learned y- you learned everything you needed to learn for that topic or whatever it was that ultimately Mm -hmm. allowed you to heal. And so when I think back to, for my experience right now, the things that I haven't fully healed yet, one thing that I tell myself um, often is like, maybe I'm just not done learning. And that's why this chapter isn't yeah. here yet. Like yeah. maybe there is still something new that I need to experience that's going to get me closer to my authentic self. And truthfully, in the past week and a half, I've been doing a, a, like a lot of hypnosis meditations where I'm taking it, downloading all of these really, really profound new learnings that I'm like, yeah, I think that's what it is right now. Like, I'm still on this path, although it sucks that I'm still on this path after so many years. Maybe I'm just not done learning. And I think when I think back to like the loneliness that I felt on the self love, there was a point where I there wasn't anything else for me to learn because I already absorbed all that I needed to to heal that part of myself. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something that you feel as well, but I think that can give at least that gives me hope. Like, why? some of us are still in certain things because maybe we just haven't absorbed everything that we were intended to download.
1: Yeah. I think that's very, very true. And I think sometimes the other thing that will come up for us later when we're having that realization that, oh, I was really in something and I wasn't, I was not, I was definitely not on the other side of it yet is we see the things that we valued in those moments or the things that we were really striving for. If you would have like asked us to like make a list of our, our dreams and what we were hoping to call into our life, they're likely really different at that point than what, where we are on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And that to me is also a really good indicator of, Oh yeah, you were still very much in a, in a thing. You were in a place where you were learning a lot and what you believe to be of importance to you in that moment looks quite different because now you're on the other side of that yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh wow. This has got me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I look back a lot and I'm like, why did I give a shit about that thing at that moment? I know. Moment? I know. That's the
0: human experience, right? Mm-hmm. And like I look, I think back to my younger self, even the the version of me a year ago. Like she was so I'm still. Her, you know, there are parts of me that I've really carried, and since I've I've carried them with me since I was a five year old girl. But there are parts Mm -hmm. of me that I look back. I'm like, she was so different, but she Mm -hmm. also knew less, and she had fewer experiences than I currently do. So it's like looking at all the past versions of you with so much compassion and grace, because we're all doing the best we can with what we know at the current point of time that we're in, and we all, I think, we just need to. Be kinder to ourselves as well as we are all experiencing this you know roller coaster of life
1: that we all go through in different ways yeah i love the practice of doing higher self meditations where you invite that future version of you and then reflecting back so i've been doing those types of meditations now for probably almost 10 years and i can think back now to those those future self meditations i was doing 10 years ago, and I can see my current self in those Mm. visions, which is really cool. And I love that. Yeah. And it's like, am I doing the exact same things that I was doing in those future self meditations? Not necessarily, but like, can I see this version of me today and what I held a vision for way back then? Totally. And that feels, that feels really healing in itself to know that like you ultimately know who you are and you know what is for you and you're just rediscovering it all the time yeah I I
0: always see this quote and it's like how often do you say thank you for having the things that you once used to pray for yeah and it's like there's so much that I'm grateful for with my current life that I used to try to manifest and I think also once we take note of that as well like we realize like I did it, like I did manifest that thing or I did heal this part of myself. We just build our self-confidence and our self-trust to, and it gives us like the emotional um, push, I guess, maybe that's not the right word, but like the emotional, yeah, the emotional push to continue going on that journey because we have proof that we've done it before. So why would we ever think we can't do it
1: again? Yeah, it's, uh. It's really important to to do that reflection and to think about that, you know, yeah. the this life you're living today, there is a version of you that would think you were just so damn cool right now. In yeah, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like my young, I know recently in my meditations, I like keep my younger self keeps coming up and the messages that she keeps sending me. And it's like weird. I'm like talking to myself in my own mind <laughs> while I'm meditating, but it's so beautiful. She like just I have these a lot of these moments where she's just telling me like you're doing so much better than you think you are. Like I'm <laughs> proud of you. Like look at the life you live and this and that and it's nice to have that um that realization and take note of that as well. But Andy, this has been such a pleasure. I'm so happy we covered so much from your book to the different elements, to getting back down to earth, to manifesting, to limiting beliefs, the full gamut. I would love for you to tell our audience where they can find you, where they can get the book and any other
1: um, shameless plug things you want to share. Sure. Yeah. So you can find me at Wee Wee Girl. It's O-U-I-W-E-G-I-R-L, like we the French word, and then we like you and me. And then you can check out all of the different courses and retreats and programs that I offer at Wee Wee Studio. It's our our studio for Radiant Wellbeing, there's a link to the book there. But you can also find the book on Amazon or Target or Barnes and Nobles or Borders, um, bookstores all around the country. If you want to shop at your local bookshop and they don't have it, they can definitely order it for you. So that's all the the good spots to check me out. And definitely send me a DM and say hi if you found me from the show. Amazing. Thank you so much, Andy.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a lovely day.